Welcome everybody to the week eight edition of the Ride In NFL DFS podcast. I am Pat James. If you hear a little giddy up in my voice, it is because it is Thursday after work and it is my Friday. Will not be in school tomorrow. So the inflection that you hear is excitement of a three-day weekend. So, also if you didn't realize, the Ride In NFL DFS podcast has moved to three days a week. This show obviously is the the rundown of, you know, the, the players that I'm considering for cash, a few GPP flyers, etc. Saturday, at some point on Saturday, I'll record... Um, that one's a real quick one, like five to ten minutes of anything that has changed since this podcast. You know, a guy's ruled out, a guy's ruled in. Uh, coach speak says that somebody's getting the bulk of the work. So I just quickly go through the cash considerations if anything has changed. And then I've added a show on Mondays, a lineup review slash takeaways from the week slash showdown thoughts and I did the first one just a few days ago Uh, I think it is a better setup you know I, I was I was going through the week seven lineup review and takeaways in like 30 seconds on this podcast feel like miking myself up on Monday on the ride into work and dedicating an entire 10 or 15 minutes to reviewing the process that went into creating a lineup uh, is a little bit more efficient and definitely uh, you know, covers all of the process a bit better. So we will be doing that going forward, three episodes a week. I know you're excited. I am. Okay, let's dive in to the week eight cash considerations. This week is a funky week. I'll tell you that. I really don't like too many uh, players under 5K. There are some, uh, but they are dicey. I'll tell you that. So at quarterback, I think the top two guys on DraftKings are probably our best bet. I don't know if we're going to be able to get up to them. Both Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson have awesome matchups. You know, Wilson's traveling to Atlanta to play the Falcons. They're just getting obliterated by everyone. Um, Right off the top of my head, great GPP play this week, I think, is Tyler Lockett. The Falcons are giving up the second most yards uh, and touchdowns to slot receivers. So I think, despite the fact that Lockett's kind of boomer bust, this week will be a boom for him. Um, But I do think Chris Carson is going to get involved here. I don't know how much, uh, but I think he is going to have a pretty prominent role against this Falcons defense. And I think for that reason, I prefer Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think his matchup with Oakland is pretty much just as good. Uh, We saw Jacoby Brissett absolutely torch them last week. They are, you know, in the bottom 10 in most statistical categories. And I think Watson has a less likely chance of being vultured 
by the run game, right? Um, I could see Chris Carson um, stealing a few touchdowns from Russell Wilson, and I can't necessarily see that happening with Carlos Hyde. Sure, Carlos Hyde can have a decent fantasy day. He can punch one in, um, but I'm not going, I don't expect him to have a 150-yard, three-touchdown game where he completely uh, just wipes out all of Deshaun Watson's fantasy value. So I think Deshaun Watson is my favorite payup. Matt Stafford is going to be my favorite mid-tier quarterback at 6,100 with no carry-on Johnson, and I think that's the key. I think Stafford is going to really uh, be unleashed today, or on Sunday, I should say, against the Giants' secondary that is definitely beatable. And I also think the Giants are going to have a decent chance of putting points up against the Lions' banged-up secondary. They just traded Quandre Diggs. We don't really know if Darius Slay is completely healthy. So I think that the Lions are going to have their hands full with Daniel Jones and then a healthy, for the most part, Giants set of skill players. That one has sneaky shootout potential written all over it. I really like Matt Stafford at 6,100. I think they are going to lean on him without on Johnson in the backfield getting 20 touches. I don't think Ty Johnson is a guy that, you know, in his first start of his, of his NFL career is going to come off the bus and just rack up 20, 25 carries. I don't think that's going to happen. And then below, if you're really looking to jam in studs or you really don't like any of the value that is uh, below, you know, five or five or six K at the receiver and running back position, and you're trying to jam in more studs than usual, I think we can use Ryan Tannehill this week. Um, you know, the Titans unleashed him last week in a game they really didn't necessarily have to. But they let him throw the ball, and he he performed admirably. You know, he got Corey Davis involved. He got A.J. Brown involved. Uh, He looked good throwing the football, and he racked up over 300 yards, you know, hit the 300-yard bonus, two touchdowns. And I think it's something that a lot of people thought all along. Tannehill might not give them a better chance to win necessarily, um, but he is going to be a bit better at racking up fantasy points than Marcus Mariota. He's just a better passer of the football, we'll we'll say that, in my opinion. And I don't know if, you know, Mariota just has the heebie-jeebies or what, because he was highly touted coming out, uh, played, was a great player, threw the ball fine at Oregon, uh, but, you know, I think Tannehill has just breathed some new life into this Titans offense, and... The Tampa Bay Bucks are the absolute biggest funnel defense on the planet. They give up the most yards to quarterbacks and the least yards to running backs. So if there was ever a time to unleash Ryan Tannehill, the Titans are about to be in that game. Um, I, the, the Bucks have shut down Alvin Kamara. They've shut down Christian McCaffrey in terms of yards gained. So I think Derrick Henry is going to have his hands full this week, and they're going to turn to the air. So I would not be shy about pulling the trigger on Ryan Tannehill in cash if you love all of the studs that it allows you to get up to. At running back, uh, we have a decision to make at the top. 
Christian McCaffrey versus Saquon Barkley. Here's how I'm looking at it. Christian McCaffrey is the workload monster. He's pushing 35 opportunities. That's carries plus targets on average every game. He is obliterating the record books to this point. So the fact that he travels east coast to west coast to play one of the better defenses of this season in the 49ers is a little bit concerning. But the workload is there. You know, even if the Panthers offense doesn't find a rhythm, I expect McCaffrey to get a ton of targets. And I can I really can't see him failing to the point in this spot where he costs us the week. Right? Like he might his floor is like 17 to 20 DraftKings points. So week in and week out despite the matchup. So I think that that's a pretty safe bet to have McCaffrey in your lineup. The other option at that price range is Saquon Barkley. Now, he has the better matchup. The Detroit Lions are giving up the third most fantasy points to running backs. Um, As I mentioned, they're kind of banged up on defense, especially in the secondary. So you might not think that matters, but once he gets to the second level, he might have a better chance of, you know, ripping off a run. According to Football Outsiders, the Lions defensive line versus the Giants offensive line is one of the biggest mismatches on the slate in terms of adjusted line yards in the run game. So all these things are pointing to a pretty big day for Saquon. Why am I not uh, all in on him? And it's necessarily uh, basically because I'm not 100% sure that he's in line for a full workload yet. So last week he had 17 carries and a few targets. Now, he got wrapped up around the legs on a few runs and immediately hobbled off the field a few times. Now, he's not, I mean, he's going to play. However, if he's going, if his ankle is not 100% and he, one, has a chance of re-injuring it, or two, is going to need, you know, more spells than normal because, you know, he tweaks it here or there. He's got to go into the ghastly blue medical tent that everyone holds their breath when one of their rostered players goes into, that's concerning for me. And I don't think that the discrepancy between him and McCaffrey is so bad that, or so uh, large that I am going to consider, you know, dropping down to Barkley. Now, that said, I would not fault anyone for going Barkley over McCaffrey, especially if you think that this, this extra week has gotten him back to full health. I can't even say that I'm not going to do it because, you know, when salaries shake out, if, I, if I'm left with 89 or 9K, you know, and I love the rest of my lineup, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pull the trigger on Barkley and not mess with the rest of my lineup. When we drop down from there, I think Lenny Fournette is a pretty safe option. He's pushing 30 touches a game between targets and carries, and he gets a Jets team that isn't very good. We saw Sony Michelle eat them for breakfast, uh, at least inside the five-yard line. And we also saw their offense just struggle. And I think the Jaguars are going to have some success on defense again. And what that does is it just creates a ton of red zone opportunities for the offense. I think Fournette will have a ton of uh, opportunities to punch one into the end zone. 
like I mentioned, I like Chris Carson. I don't think we can use Russell Wilson and Chris Carson together. You know, 14K in total salary or 14.2K in total salary is kind of a lot to swallow when they are eating into each other's workload. So I think you kind of have to take a stand there and, and pick Carson or Wilson or both. Uh, excuse me, or not both. So, you know, if you go Watson, then I think you can go Carson. If you go Tannehill, I think you can go Carson. If you go Stafford, I think you can go Carson. But if you're rostering Russell Wilson, you're kind of betting that Carson isn't very involved or he kind of just is unlucky uh, with touchdown variants. From there, it gets dicey. I mean, I don't know if Alvin Kamara is going to play this week. Uh, it it kind of doesn't make sense for him to because the Saints have a bye next week, so they can get two weeks rest out of them. They're playing the Cardinals. I don't know how much Kamara moves the needle in terms of getting a win. I think they could absolutely get a win without Kamara on the field, so why not keep him healthy, give him two weeks of rest here, and let Latavius Murray be 80% chalk in cash at 5,800 and let him run wild all over the Cardinals' defense. Why not let that happen? Uh, after and if Kamara's out, then Latavius is a lock, and he basically you just have to slot him in at that point. Um, 27 carries last week, or 23 carries last week, over 120 yards, getting in the end zone, looked really good against the Bears. I think that against the Cardinals at home, uh, he's pretty much even more of a sure thing. I don't want to roster anybody below Latavius Murray, so. What that says for my roster construction is I'm probably rostering, you know, three running backs at 58K or higher uh, this week. And that also means that I probably won't be rostering Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, unfortunately. Now, Josh Jacobs is a little banged up. If he's out and we hear that, you know, uh, Washington or Rashard are going to get a a big look, uh, a lot of snaps. We could potentially move in that direction as they're both under 4K. Um, and then obviously Ty Johnson is a consideration. I'm not, if he was 4K or if he was 35K, like we have seen on DraftKings, on the old DraftKings.com, you know, two, three years ago when they failed to price up the backups and then all of a sudden a surprise injury, you know, had a starter at min price. That That's a different story. But at this point, at basically 5K, I'm not really in on Ty Johnson, especially since, you know, he got the bulk of the work last week after Carrion left in the first quarter and didn't do much with it. You know, he's not an experienced runner. You don't know how much they're going to bring in J.D. McKissick to catch passes. So it's a little bit of an unknown, and for 5K, I don't want an unknown in my lineup. At the wide receiver position, this is just leaving a bad taste in my mouth, uh, this position this week, because there are some good pay-up options. You know, DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas both have pretty good matchups. I could see them both smashing. Um, but there's just not a lot of pay-down options at running back, so you really can't pay up at wide receiver. Because in a viable, in a, a volatile position like wide receiver, I want to take my chances on, you know, some of the value guys in that range and spend up where I know that um, at the position of running back where I know that the floor is much higher. 
So at wide receiver, I think I like uh, for cheap guys. I really like D.D. Westbrook. He's he's underpriced. They're playing the Jets. He's you know he's getting seven eight targets per game. Uh, I think he is underpriced and he should definitely uh, be a consideration. I also think Alex Erickson. Believe it or not, um, I don't think fourteen targets and eight for one thirty seven was a fluke last week. He played ninety four percent of the snaps. He has usurped. Damian Willis in the lineup. Obviously, John Ross remains out. Um, so he's going to be in those three wide receiver sets, which they run a lot, and potentially in the slot. And the Rams have been annihilated in the slot. Um, they're basically giving up a 95% catch rate in the slot, uh, which is pretty ridiculous. So I think at, you know, whatever he is, 37K or 33K, you know, Erickson is really someone that I'd be pushing hard to um, consider to get into my lineup. You know, if that's the amount of money you have left for your last wide receiver spot, I would not be afraid to pull the trigger on Alex Erickson. I, er, Alex Erickson, I think the game flow is going to be in his favor. I think the Bengals are going to be trailing, and I think he is going to see. I mean, I don't think we could ever project him for 14 targets again. But even if he gets eight targets, you know, and catches six balls. For 60 yards he's basically 4xing and if you can get up to an extra stud or get up to Desha- Deshaun Watson then he's well worth it some other receivers that I will be targeting John Brown um, the Eagles have given up 100 yards and a touchdown to pretty much every number one receiver they've faced this year uh there are a few exceptions. They didn't, uh, you know, like Devontae Adams didn't score, things like that, but he still went for a buck 80 or something like that, something crazy. Uh, so they have just been annihilated by receivers this year. I think John Brown is in play again. I think Allen Robinson is in play again. Um, I think I wrote him up on 4 for 4 as a GPP play, but that is going to change. Uh, Casey Hayward's dinged up. Desmond King hasn't been great and they give up a 94% completion percentage in the slot and have almost and have given up a touchdown to a wide receiver lined up in the slot almost every week. So the Chargers can definitely be beat and you know Robinson's air yard share is out of control, 50% in the last 3 weeks. He is definitely a consideration. Uh, I think Demarius Thomas and Jamison Crowder from the Jets can be considered as well. Uh, I really like Crowder. I think with Darnold under center, Darnold really looks for him on those short to intermediate routes. Demarius Thomas is in a different price range, so he can be considered if you have 33 to 3,700 left, but I think I like Alex Erickson a bit more in that range. Uh, and that's pretty much it for wide receiver. It's a shame. I, I think I like Tyler Boyd as well, uh, but those will be the core guys that I am working my lineup around at wide receiver. I'm sure there will be more that I add, uh, but that's just my preliminary research. There probably will be players that stick out to me. Now, that doesn't mean that those are the only receivers that I like this week. I I like everybody above 7K, um, but you know, it's just not gonna be feasible to roster those players with the way the salary has shaken out this week. Uh, At tight end, I really like Austin Hooper against Seattle. They have been giving up a ton to tight ends. And even if Matt Schaub has to start, we saw him go after Hooper a lot on that last drive and eventually get him into the end zone. 
So I think even if Matt Schaub starts, that might even be better for Hooper as uh, he might be have the propensity to lean on a tight end, check down a little bit more. And then obviously Hunter Henry. Um, I, I'm not sure why people are kind of shying away from him this week. Uh, Darren Waller, I think, is a great GPP play, but the, the Texans are unbelievable against the tight end. They haven't allowed uh, much to any tight end they have faced. And he's up to 6K now, so that's kind of not reasonable to pay up there when we can't even pay up at wide receiver. And, you know, Evan Engram, I'm going to have to see it from him to, to go back to the Evan Engram. Well, he had two huge games in the in week one and week three, I believe, but he's been under 10, 10 or under in, in the other three or four. Uh, so he's kind of been a, a boomer bust as well. So Hooper and Henry at tight end. And I think I like two $2,900 defenses for cash this week. That's the uh, Colts against the struggling Broncos offensive line and the uninterested Joe Flacco. And the Jaguars against Sam Darnold, who is seeing ghosts. I mean, I also like the Saints defense in GPP. I think, uh, you know, you have to consider the Patriots in GPP just based on the fact that they're putting up 20 or more fantasy points every week, which is crazy. Uh, so you have to consider them, especially against a turnover-prone Baker Mayfield. Guys, that will do it for the Week 8 NFL DFS rundown here on the Ride-In podcast. Um, be sure to tune back in on Saturday for an update to any of these plays. Uh, the core four I will leave for Saturday's episode. Um, going forward, I think it will just be a little bit easier for me to give you a core four on Saturdays, just because I think my process, my research will be a little bit more honed in. This is kind of like an overview of, of what I am seeing. And then Saturday, the updates, the injury updates, and then locked in on a core four, uh, on Saturday. So good luck. Good luck tonight in the showdown slate if you're playing it. Good luck uh, in CFB DFS if you're playing that. I hope you guys all, you know, hit it big. If so, good for you. I will catch you on Saturday.